our sins. Amen. As the children are dismissing for Children's Church, if you'll turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, going to look at one verse there, actually just one part of one verse there. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're on our third lesson on spiritual gifts. We'll go through all the uh, spiritual gifts. Uh, you won't go through the foundational gifts, but we'll look at the gifts that are still in effect today for the church, for the body of Christ. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, we see this gift mentioned. It says, to another faith by the same spirit. Today we're going to look at this gift, a special gift that is called the gift of faith. Now you may be asking, what in the world is the gift of faith? The gift of faith is that supernatural uh, capacity for believing God. Now this may surprise you, but every child of God don't really believe God. They believe in God. But when God speaks sometimes, they don't always believe what God is saying. When they're going through troubles and trials within their life sometimes, they don't really believe that God is going to get them through that. And we're going to look at that this morning. So obstacles are only challenges for someone with the gift, uh, uh, this gift of faith because they believe, those with the gift of faith, they believe beyond what is visible. Now what I mean by that is... They're able to see, yes, here's what's happening in my life, but they're able to see beyond what's happening today. They're able to see beyond what we're visualizing today, where many people, that's all they can see is what, what's right in front of them at, the, at that moment. But the person with the gift of faith, again, they're able to see beyond that. Now, in the early years of the church, the first century, you know, this gift was co connected to the working of miracles. But in our day and time, you know, this gift is uh, connected with prayer and with God's response to prayer as we see him work within our life, as we see him work within the church. Now, by the gift of faith, I don't mean saving faith. All believers have saving faith. You know, I don't mean, you know, uh, the, the, you know the, 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 the general faith that we have every day. I believe all believers possess that type of faith. This, on the other hand, is a special gift limited to certain believers that involves the intense ability to trust God in an unusual capacity to believe God in the face of storms, in the face of enormous obstacles within their life. They're able to see beyond, like I say, of what's right in front of us now. So today the gift of, of faith serves the body in two ways, and we're going to look at the two ways the gift of faith within the church, you know, serves today. First of all is assurances in times of storms. You see, those with the gift of faith are placed within the body to bring assurance to the body of Christ, to bring assurance to the church that all things will work together for the good to those who are called according to his purpose. They're here to encourage us and to give us assurance that God is in control. No matter what you're going through personally, no matter what the church is going through, those with the gift of faith are here to encourage us 
says, let's just push on because this is just today. There's a, you know, there, there's a future ahead. So they're able to encourage the people. No matter what we're going through, no matter what you're going through, you know, it's all going to work out according to God's plan if we'll just keep our focus on Him and if we'll keep our faith in Him. And, and, and you know, that's all we need to understand. Now, Storms of life, we need to understand they're certain, folks. Turn to Mark chapter 4. Storms of life are certain. Don't think just because you've been saved that excuses you from storms of life. That is not true. You know, you can be in the will of God and still face storms within your life. In fact, you will face storms within your life. Mark chapter 4, let's look at an incident here where, you know, Jesus had instructed the disciples, look guys, let's get on this ship, let's go to the other side, and we got work to do over there. So in Mark 4, verse 37, we see this. As they were on the ship, as they were crossing over, we were told here that a great storm of wind come upon them, and the waves began to beat upon the ship. Now, understand that most of these guys, these 12 that were with Jesus this day, were experienced fishermen. They had been on these seas before. They had experienced storms before. But what we see here, there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves began to beat upon that ship so that now it was full. It began to take on water. Verse 38. And he, speaking about Jesus, was in the rear of the sheep, uh, ship. <laughs> he was asleep on a pillar. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. What's wrong with this guy? Don't he know there's a storm? Don't he know the ship is filling up with water? And he's back there asleep on a pillow? Don't you just hate people who the world's falling down around them and, you know, they're just, okay, you know, I'll wake up eventually. But here was Jesus, the storm raging, asleep on a pillow. Hmm, let's read on here. And uh, they awoke him. Ain't it amazing they had to wake him up? You know, most people would have been up. They were all up. Their eyes that big, okay? They woke him up and said to him, Teacher, care you not that we perish? In other words, Jesus, aren't you even concerned about what's going on around us? Aren't you even concerned that this ship is taking on water? Aren't you concerned that, you know, we're in a storm and this could cost us our lives? Let's read on. And he arose, Jesus arose, and he rebuked the wind, and he said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and it became very calm. And he said unto them, Look at this. Why are you so fearful? How did you have no faith? Look here, folks. When storms of life are in our life, when storms of life are crashing over us, and we do not keep our focus on Jesus, and we are running around like a chicken with his head cut off in fear, I think God is saying to the same thing to us. How is it you have no faith? You're a child of mine. How is it you have no faith? 
Look here. Jesus exemplified the gift of faith many times during his ministry, including this passage. The simple fact is this. Storms will come within all our lives, even if we're walking with Jesus. Even if we're where we're supposed to be spiritually, even if we're active in ministry, even if we're where Jesus has told us to be. Some think, well, as long as I'm serving God, you know, I don't have to worry about storms in my life. The fact is, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Don't miss this important part of the story. The disciples were right where they were supposed to be. What did Jesus tell them on the other side of the shore? Get in the ship. Were they in the ship? This means yes, this means no. If you're like this, I know you're asleep. Yes, they were right where they're supposed to be, where Jesus told them to be. They were not off doing something against God and against his will. Jesus had told them to get in the ship, let's pass over to the other side, and they did just that. They weren't off doing their own thing, off in sin somewhere. They were in the ship where Jesus had instructed them to be. Again, the rain falls on the just and the unjust alike. You see, it is in this storm of life the disciples question Jesus' concern for them. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been going through some storms of life and you begin to question Jesus? Lord, do you even care? Lord, I'm doing my best to serve you. I'm involved in ministry. I'm tithing. I'm, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. Why, God? Why are you allowing my world to crash in around me? You know what Jesus says? Oh, ye of little faith. Oh, ye of little faith. Looky here. In this storm, the disciples said, Don't you even care about us? Verse 38 Care you not that we perish? The disciples had taken their focus off of Jesus. And here was their mistake they had taken their focus off of Jesus and placed it on their circumstances that were about them. Listen, when you take your focus off of Jesus, I don't care what's happening in your life, and you begin to focus on the circumstances in front of you, those circumstances are going to be bigger in your eyes than Jesus is. Why? Because that's where you're focused. And let me tell you, Satan is going to make those circumstances grow beyond what they really are. And that's just the way he works. For those with the gift of faith, however, they find, it, they, they find it difficult to not keep their focus on Jesus and, and, you know, when the circumstances around them are falling apart. They understand as long as I'm looking to Jesus, he's promised that all things will work together for the good. All things were, you know, they were many times, you know, people who don't have the gift of faith, they'll many times see the bad before the good, but the one with the gift of faith has the ability to look beyond the bad and keep their focus on Jesus no matter what that storm around them may be. For them, those with the gift of faith, there is no bad. There's only good. But for those without the gift of faith, they look at it different. They see the bad before the good look though jesus was still with them they were unable to see him for who he was 
Why were they unable to see him before, uh, for who he was? Because they was looking at the storm. They were looking at the storm. Think about this. Until Jesus becomes alarmed, we ought not become alarmed. Chew on that one for a moment. Until Jesus becomes alarmed, we ought not be alarmed in the storms of life. The only time, the only time we should become alarmed when the storms about us are raging is when we hear Jesus say, uh-oh. Okay? If Jesus says, uh-oh, get alarmed. But I don't believe you'll ever hear Jesus say, uh-oh. Did he say, uh-oh, in this storm? No, he was asleep. Okay, he was, let me tell you something. That storm rocked Jesus to sleep. It rocked him right to sleep like a little baby, okay? Look, what was a storm to them was only a cloudy day for Jesus. It was only a cloudy day. His faith was in the Father, and he knew the Father would watch and care for him and those that were with him. You know, those with the gift of faith, they're the same way. They're the same way. The characteristic of God is manifest within them, and they're able to trust God in the midst of the storm when others are not able to do so. You know, what may be a storm to some is only a cloudy day to the one with the gift of faith. Those with the gift of faith are able to focus on Jesus rather than the circumstances around them because they know that Jesus is in control. You know, one thing I've learned a long time ago is if what I'm going through in life I have no control over, I'm not going to worry about it because there's nothing I can do about it. Okay? Just like this storm. There was nothing the disciples could do about it. So why worry about it? Jesus was right there with them. So if you're going through some circumstances in your life that you have no control over, don't allow Satan to get you down and out and get your focus off of Jesus. Because once you take your focus off of Jesus, you're going to put your focus on your circumstances. And he's going to make those circumstances look like the jolly green giant. Those with the gift of faith, they're able to just look to Jesus. Yeah, the circumstances are there, but Jesus is in control. I'm not. Look, storms of life should not strip away our joy. Turn with me, if you would, to Acts chapter 27. Acts chapter 27. So many times we see Christian people who are going through storms of life And they, because they're focused on their circumstance, because they're focused on what's happening around them, rather than moving that focus to Jesus, they lose all the joy that God has available. Storms of life should never, never strip away our joy. Should never. Let's look at uh, Acts chapter 27, begin with verse uh, 22. Now, again, (laughs) Paul's on a ship. He's a prisoner being taken to Rome. Okay? Another storm. Another storm. And now I exhort you, be of good cheer. In other words, these, these soldiers, these seasoned soldiers, 
these tough guys, they were scared. The ship was being beaten apart. And now I exhort you, says Paul, to be of good cheer. I can just picture Paul there with the masts falling off, the holes coming into the ship, and Paul standing up there saying, guys, let's just be of good cheer. I bet that some of them wanted to grab him around the throat and choke him till his eyes bugged out. Look here. Be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but the ship. What he was saying there is, guys, we're all going to live. Yeah, the ship's fixing to get busted apart, okay? It's fixing to just come completely apart. But no one's going to lose their life. So be of good cheer. Verse 23, for there stood by me this night an angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. This angel saying to him, fear not, Paul, you must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God has given you all them that sail with you. In other words, the angel said, yeah, the ship's going to be beaten, but let the guys know they can be cheerful because everybody's going to live. Verse 25. Therefore, he said unto them, be of good cheer. How could Paul be of good cheer when the ship is being broken apart? Look at the rest of that. For I believe God. I believe God. Folks, that's the key to making it through storms of life. Believe God. I believe God, he said, that it shall be even as he has told me. What has God told us about storms of life? All things will work together for the good to those who love the Lord, those who are the called according to us. Believe God. I want everybody to say that. Believe God. Believe God. Uh, say it like you believe it. Believe God. That's the key to making it through storms of life. The, the joy of those without this gift is dependent upon the circumstances about them. If everything is going smooth, I can be of good cheer, okay? And I can have joy. But if things begin to get rough, then there is no joy. But for those with the gift of faith, they can be of good cheer in the good times and the bad. You see, Paul exercised this gift of faith and he encouraged others, be of good cheer, guys, even in the midst of the storm. Look, that mast just fell. Praise God. Look, a hole's been busted in the ship. Praise God. You know, that the ship has come apart. Somebody just grab a board and float on it. Praise God. I guarantee you there's some Roman soldiers there wanted to do more than praise God at that point. So the storm for the Romans was merely a cloudy day for Paul. Merely a cloudy day for Paul. You see, Paul was exhorting while in the midst of that storm. Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Why was Paul able to display such faith? Because Paul was confident that he had met with God. In the storm of life, Paul met with God. God said, just be of good cheer. Everything's going to be cool. Everything's going to be fine. And Paul, what? Believed God. You see, I know people don't like hearing this. 
makes you, it sounds too spiritual, okay? But when your world is falling apart, if you don't believe God, then you don't have faith in God. Hmm, that's a tough one. Because Paul said, yes, the ship is being broken. I met with God. God, what do we do here? God said, don't worry about it. All you got to do is be of good cheer, Paul. Everybody's going to be fine. And Paul, what? Believed God. Look, in your storms of life, believe God. When your world is falling apart, believe God. Have faith in God. Paul was confident he had met with God because that angel stood by him and told him this. Don't you just detest people whose world seems at least to you to be falling all down around them and all they can do is say, praise God. Well, wait a minute. Don't you know this is happening to you? Nah. It'll all work together for the good. Don't you just hate those people? Again, you want to grab them around the throat, choke them till their eyes bug out, in Jesus' name, of course, and, and, and just say, don't you understand? Don't look around you. You know, we just don't like being a pe around people like that sometimes. This was Paul's reaction as the ship was being torn in this raging sea. Cheer up, guys. God is good. You know, those with the gift of faith, they're constantly encouraging others to cheer up even when it seems that all is lost even when others really want you to just cry with them. You say, well, what's wrong with crying with somebody? Well, if you've got the, uh, there's another gift for that, which we'll be looking at, okay? But the gift of faith just says cheer up. The gift of exhortation will cry with you. So if you don't like being around somebody with the gift of faith because they're telling you to, you know, tough up, man up, praise God, then go find that person with the gift of encouragement. They'll cry with you, okay? They'll be with you. But folks, even when you're going through these things, we have got to learn to trust God. Now, the second way the gift of faith serves the body of Christ is acting as support. You know, this kind of faith supports and it undergirds all of us because, you know, all the gifts edify one another. And we, we, we see all throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament where faith helped others. In fact, only faith, through faith, could Noah build the ark while others were mocking him. Don't you remember the story? You know, it, it, it was, of course, in the Old Testament, but Paul talked about it in Hebrews chapter 11. It said, by faith. Being warned in a dream of things to uh, you know, come, okay? Being warned of God, things not yet seen, moved by fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness of faith. Now, don't miss this. Noah being warned of God. What's that telling us? That he met with God, right? Same way with Paul, that he met with God. And even though things not seen as of yet were about to take place, Noah had faith in God. What had not yet been seen, that Noah had faith when God would happen, God told him it would rain. 
And Noah believed it, even though there had never been rain before. Not only that, another thing that had not yet been seen is, uh, you know, the flood. There had never been a flood before. So had it have rained before, it would not have been such a great act of faith on Noah's part. Had it have flooded before, it would not have been such a big act of faith on his part. But because these had not yet been seen, that was a great act of faith. Because he had no idea what God was talking about. All he knew is God said, do this. I'm going to do it. You see, by faith was Moses able to lead the people through the Red Sea as walls of water were stacked up on either side of them. You see, by faith, they passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, which the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. Now, I want you to stop and think about this for a moment. Faith was displayed in two ways that day. First of all, it was displayed by Moses. You know, can you imagine... <laughs> Moses with two million people around him. And he had met with God. How do we know that? Because God told him what? Hold up your staff. Okay? So that's telling us he had met with God. And he believed God. Because can you imagine with two million people behind him? <laughs> him, okay, God said do this. I've never seen what he says is going to happen happen before. But I believe God. And he stood there and he held up that staff. Folks, that took an act of faith. Again, he had not yet ever seen water's part that way. So that was faith on his part. But also the people. The second act of faith there is the people, once the water, you know, come up on either side, and we've talked about this before, it was some 20 to 30 miles long. Can you imagine the people, they had never seen this before, the ones on the end anyway, you know, on, on the two ends, they had never seen water stand up before and, and the ground to dry up as quick as it did. Don't you think it took faith for them to, as they was looking at that water, it could have been up 20, 30 feet itself. Don't you think it took faith for them to step out there knowing that any minute that water could just come down on them? But they had faith. Why? Because they believed God. They knew their leader had met with God. They knew their leader believed God. And if the leader believed God enough to stand there and hold up that staff, then they're going to believe God enough to walk through there. Next thing here. Verse 1 describes faith as that hoped for with no evidence of a way of obtaining it. That's what faith is. You see, those with the gift of faith, they understand the only thing, don't miss this, the only thing that can stop God from working is a lack of faith on the part of his people. That's the only thing that can stop God from working. Again, let, let's go back to Noah. What if Noah would have said, now, wait a minute, what are you talking about rain? You know, what, what are you talking about a flood? You know, I, I've never heard of such a thing. If Noah hadn't believed God, he would have been drowned too, and his family. If Moses, when God said, hold up the stick, 
I'm going to stop the water. I'm going to dry up the land. If, no, uh, if Moses would have said, I don't know about that, they would have never crossed. Remember, Pharaoh's army is right behind them, right? They would have got killed. The only thing, listen to me, the only thing that can stop God from working in your life is a lack of faith on your part. It's the only thing. But yet those with the gift of faith, they understand this, and this has become a way of their life. It's become a part of their life. That's just the way they live their life. They're the ones others look at and say, there's something wrong with them. They got a problem. They're not, they're not in reality. They don't know what's happening around here. Well, yeah, they are aware of what's happening, but their focus is on Jesus. Their focus is on Jesus. Look, if there ever was a person I want to pray for me in the time of crisis, it's one with the gift of faith. Yes, God hears all his children. Please understand that. Yet those with the gift of faith have a way of unleashing the power of God in a supernatural natural way because they believe God. God has placed those within the body of Christ with the gift of faith to be prayer warriors. And if you're going through a rough time you know, and need a touch from God, then folks, all you have to do is team up with someone with the gift of faith. Now understand this. Just because a person has the gift of faith don't mean they're any more spiritual than the next person. It's just that they have become disciplined enough to just believe God. So he said in 1 Corinthians 12, 9, to another by faith, of, to another faith by the same Spirit. Has God gifted you with this gift? What's that mule got to do with the gift? Where'd that come from, John? Listen to me. I, I, I put it up there. Looky here. I, I, I put that up there because I wanted to close with a story. There was a farmer who owned an old mule. And one day the farmer heard the mule braying. And he looked around and couldn't figure out where he was. And finally, he realized this old mule had fell into a dry well. And after carefully assessing the situation here, he realized, look, there's no way that I can get this mule out of there. So what he did is he called a bunch of his neighbors over and he told them, look, you know, I can't get the mule out. You know, I feel sorry for the mule. Will you help me just haul in some dirt and let's just bury him in that old well? The well's no good. We can't do nothing for the mule. Would you help me bury him to put him out of his mystery? Now, they started shoveling dirt in that old well. And initially, the old mule was pretty hysterical. I mean, you can imagine him down in this dark well, and now here comes dirt, you know, hitting him all over the back. And they begin to throw the dirt in the well, but as the foreman and his neighbors continue shoveling that dirt, the dirt kept hitting the back of the, the mule, and, and the mule you know, finally thought about something. He said, well, wait a minute. Every time a shovel load of dirt landed on his back, he said, I'll just shake it off. I'll just shake it off and step up on the new layer of dirt. So every time that dirt hit his back, he shook it off, it put another layer under him, he stepped up on that dirt. This he did, blow after blow. Shake it off, 
Step up. Shake it off. Step up. Shake it off. Step up. He kept repeating that phrase to encourage himself. No matter how painful the blows were, no matter how distressing the situation seemed, the old mule just fought the panic, and he kept right on shaking it off, stepping up, shaking it off, stepping up. Farther and further, he, the old mule climbed as, as he took each load of dirt and he shook it off and he stepped up on that new layer, stepped up on that new layer. And it wasn't long before the old mule, battered and exhausted, stepped triumphantly over the wall of the well. You know, here's the key to this. What seemed like it would bury him actually blessed him. You with me? He was in the well, being covered up with dirt. And he got to thinking, I'll just shake it off. I'll shake it off and step up. Shake it off and step up. Shake it off and step up. What the old farmer meant for bad, God meant it for the good. He gave the old mule enough sense, more sense than some people, okay? To shake it off and step up. Shake it off and step up. Listen, I don't know what you're going through in life. But if it seems to be burying you, shake it off. Look up. Shake it off. Look up. Shake it off and believe God. Believe God. Romans 8.28 tells us this. God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him and those who they called according to his purpose. Even though Satan may be trying to bury you with storms of life, believe God. Look, if you're a Christian, it can many times feel like those shovel loads of dirt are just being thrown over you. But if we understand Romans 8, 28, we can know that God is able to take the very things that are meant to destroy us and use them for our good. So in light of that, we're called to face our problems, respond to them positively, refuse to give in to panic, refuse to give in to bitterness, refuse to have self-pity within our life. For one with the gift of faith, this comes easier for them than one without the gift of faith. Why? Again, because they have made it a habit in their life that no matter what comes into their life, they're going to shake it off and step up. They're going to shake it off and step up. They're looking beyond what's being thrown at them by life and looking to Jesus. When life seems to be throwing dirt on you, step, uh, shake it off and step up. Shake it off and step up. Let's pray.